Hello everyone, this is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Faithful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes in I believe that God's gladly lived a packet until all around the world it's been circulated. Greetings, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another episode of the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Today we are not actually in the studio at Clover the Bible Way because we are doing this recording over the air with our special guest all the way from Uganda, Brother Fred Chiyinji. Without further ado, Brother Tim Dodd. We are glad today to have another podcast with Brother Fred Chiyinji. And uh, this is done using some internet technology that is not the greatest, so we trust that you'll excuse use the little bit broken up nature of it but due to the poor internet connection in Uganda we can't do these podcasts live I'm sure that this interview will be a blessing to you as you hear the latest developments from Uganda with brother Fred Chienji welcome to the podcast brother Fred thank you brother Tim Yes, it is true. Our internet here in Uganda is unstable. May God bless Brother Dan for the service he's rendering to the body of Christ. I'm happy to be given again an opportunity to testify around the world of what Christ is doing in our country through this podcast. My name is Pastor Frederick Patrick Chiinji of Eagles Tabernacle Church, Seta, here in Uganda. Shalom to you saints around the world. My brother, I continue to be amazed at the things that the Lord continues to do in Uganda. It appeared to me that maybe in the last year that things might be slowing down, but it seems like things are picking up again. I know Brother Stephen Abali has reported hundreds baptized. Mm -hmm. And in your latest reports from May and June, you're also reporting quite a number of baptisms. I know you had some large baptisms in Luero and Kayunji district. Maybe you can just share with the people what's going on in those districts. Yes, truly the work is quite amazing, as you have said. Uh, last year, our big concern was mostly on strengthening the newly converted, converted believers, and less work was put on baptisms. Not because it was no baptisms, but we thought that it is better, first of all, to strengthen these ones and get established in the world, which has piled a great workload, a big workload to us, as now many invitations around the world, around our country, people are calling us for baptisms, and yet also some limited resources at times it cripples the work, and we move on slowly. But the yearning is everywhere around, the, around our country, especially here in the Central. The gospel of the hour has been received gladly. And as I can testify, the last two months, hundreds were baptized in different places, like uh, in Kayunga district, a place called Chirimampocha, where we baptized over 220 people. And we went to Ruero in a place called Chienje, where we baptized over 130 people. 
And again, in this month, we expect massive baptisms in different places. However, when I'm talking about this, I don't add on other testimonies from small churches, local, local churches, where they tell us 10 we are baptized, 30 we are baptized. Like recently, we had some people who were baptized in a sea, a place is called a sea. Uh, that is near the lake shore, Lake Victoria. Uh, some, like uh, 26 people were baptized. And the other places, like uh, in Mabira, they baptized like uh, 17 people. Uh, to mention but a few, but the work now again is blossoming and is doing well in the service of the Lord. God bless you, brother. It's always amazing to see people respond to the word at any time. It's wonderful to see them in great numbers. It's wonderful to see them one by one. I think the, the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in the souls of the people and the lives of the people is always astonishing as he reveals his word to them. I know one of the issues that we always have run into over the last five years, Brother Fred, has been the, the denominations uh, holding control over the church buildings and therefore people coming into the message, they lose their buildings, they lose their, their uh, administrative rights amongst the churches. We'll maybe talk about buildings in a little bit, but it was an interesting thing that we had to deal with, and maybe you can share it with the people, how that part of the issue now becomes that without the denominational backing, the ministers lose their ability to perform marriages. Why don't you share that with the people and tell them how that the Lord helped us to overcome that? Uh, yes, especially churches here in central Uganda, uh, we are organized by cunning Pentecostal administrators who made most churches to register under different umbrellas. Even if that premise, church premises belong to an individual who started the church. Now when they register into those organizations, these administrators, the Pentecostal administrators, they own the churches and their properties. So the moment this message is preached to these people and they disagree in a doctrine with the leaders at the top, their greatest weapon is to throw them out of the church and the church properties. In this, nowadays uh, these uh, people are under, the, they go out. When they leave, they go out. You find them in tree sheds, others in places uh, like the verandas of some people's houses, and some people you'll find them even in plain view places where they suffer the hot sun or suffer a down power when it rains. So this is challenging. It, has, it causes some of those ones who are a little bit weak, not strong enough to back a slide, they go back, yet they know it is the truth. But we thank God uh, for the last five years, where you, brother team and the people around the world, you have come in to help these people. And the different churches, I mean church serators, have been built around our country here in the help of those people. Nowadays, uh, these serators also, they work like a testimony in those areas. Those who had been gone back, when they hear that, or when they see the shelters being given 
Uh, they also come back. Like uh, there are some churches, when you go to churches like Kanjuchi, at first we estimated the number of them less than 100 people. But now you find them uh, coming up to 200 people. People have come back to fellowships. And it encourages even other people where we go when they understand that they will not be left alone. So we thank God for those who have had, uh, given us a helping hand to help us to make these people settle and they get places of fellowship, especially the temporary shelters of teens. Yeah, with marriage is all right because when somebody is chased out of the organization, again, all the rights has to lose them. Because here uh, in our constitution, the legal authority to officiate marriages is given to the place where you have fellowship. So some pastors who have been with the authority to officiate marriages, when they come to this message, they lose even that authority because they have left the places. And as you know, Brother Tim, here in Uganda, very few churches, they cannot even exceed five in the whole Uganda that can are having the legal authority to officiate marriages. Most of them, they do it, uh, I can say, without, of the, without the law. Because the law does not permit any person who is not registered in that place to officiate marriages. But uh, for years, uh, this thing we have been trying to pursue and to chase uh, over it to find out that uh, people will get this guy, we will get our church, we will get first this authority to officiate marriages before we help others. But uh, in uh, the past few months, like I think it was around May, uh, we had that legal authority to officiate marriages. And now the marriages we bless are legally recognized by the, our nation and by the books, as I can say. So we thank God for that. It has been a great fight. But uh, again, we need more because there are some places, like when you go in southern Masaka, Places far there in Luero, you can't officiate marriage from Kampala. And then people, the couples move to all those areas. And as you know, there is no religion that can, I just want to have people to understand this one, can put much emphasis on sanctity than this message of the hour. Whenever people come to this message of the hour, those who have been in marriage, uh, maybe which I, uh, has been not, uh, according to the Bible, those people, when they come to the message and realize the truth, they always want to officiate their marriages. When they are staying very far, the movement from Church of Seta or Church of Kampala area, it is very long away. Even though we have also got this one, we have now, again, we need more in different places where people can be or representing, uh, representing other uh, or can help us in there to officiate marriages of the other people around there. Because now we have thousands of people, thousands of people who are not married. And these people, they want to get uh, official marriage and again to be in the marriage according to the word of God. So we thank God that we got the legal authority to officiate marriages this year. Now speaking about churches... Um, of course, we've been very blessed that the people have given 
over the years to the building of structures for these people to be able to um, worship away or covered from the elements, whether it be the sunshine, direct sunshine, or whether it be the rain. I know if people don't have covering uh, some kind of a roof over their heads when they're worshiping, then the rain can quickly disrupt a service. You can imagine having a Bible and uh, not wanting the rain to fall on the Bible and, and so many issues that come with an open-air meeting. Uganda is not a desert place, so there's quite a bit of rain in Uganda. And I think even the rain is a greater hindrance than the sunshine. But uh, lately we have been unable to build a lot of churches, so we're trusting that the Lord will supply for these needs. But I think that, as we talked about previously, one of the solutions is to buy some tarpaulins and poles for some of these pe people to erect a very, very basic structure. The tin structures that we have been building were excellent, but uh, we can do perhaps some tarpaulin structures with uh, some poles for some of these groups that are coming in now. Why don't you share with the people the, the burden in this area and uh, the needs that are out there and exactly what people can do to help. Uh, one of the examples was when Brother Eddie Hammermeister from Edmonton gave us a visit in 2020. When he came to visit us at, here at our church, a great down power struck us as he was about to minister. Hundreds of people dispersed, and you know, they dispersed to nowhere. And you know, because you know, Brother Tim, my church especially, does not have that capacity of receiving a number of, great number of people, so we were outside. And we are in the tree sheds. And we put some little tarpaulins around. But when the storm came, some people stood in the tree, the jackfruit tree. I don't know whether many people knows the jackfruit tree. They can check on it. Uh, it holds big fruits and hanging uh, from the tree there up from the sky. Now, when the storm came, jackfruits fell almost to kill people around there. It was God's grace. I would have been inside the prison now of receiving people and putting them in a place which is not, uh, cannot accommodate them. But we thank God, God kept us on that day. But a number of people were destroyed, a number of things were destroyed and the service didn't go on well. We only packed the people who were able to be packed inside the church. And the others did not receive the message. They just went like that. So whenever I think about uh, the help of the teen shelters, yes, it is a short-term solution, but to us it helps a lot, especially those people, the newly fledging message believers, as I can call them. Uh, I believe maybe when they get, they get established in the world, and they get, uh, you know, growing, and uh, they are now stable, by that time they will be able to raise maybe some funds to build good uh, church buildings for themselves. 
But uh, our outcry around the world now is that wherever, whoever can get a coin to help in, to let these people get shelters, where they can uh, put coverings of their, uh, above them in fellowship, as you have said, uh, it, that it will be a good work. And for us, it will be a, good test, a big testimony that we are not alone. Because every day, the work is growing big. Every day, people are coming out of the, the, these denominations, coming to the message of the hour. So I pray that people may continue to help in unceasingly, and the work of the Lord will continue as people will be helping in. I thank God for those who have been doing the work of helping. Brother Tim, I know you are doing a great work around the world to let people understand what we are going through. And we appreciate what you are doing. We appreciate the church in Kilovadari. We appreciate the churches around in the U.S., in the North America, everywhere that are doing this great work to help in. May the Lord bless them, but still please, a number of churches, they don't have serrators. And the rent, to just rent a ground, is also expensive, especially for these people. You remember the Bible says, uh, when the Jesus Christ uh, was uh, thanking God, he said, Father, I thank you that you revealed these things uh, to people who are of, uh, I can say, uh, people who are ignorant, uh, people who seems to be, un uh, you know, uncommon people, people of not, of be kind of good reputation, poor people, that's what I can say. So always even in the message, the first people to come out are those poor people. People the world can despise. They cannot sometimes help to stand themselves alone. Very few rich people can join in that this way quickly. And this has brought about a problem of having shelters. So we appreciate God for all those who have been doing this work to help in and those who are going to help in. May the Lord bless you. I know, Brother Fred, that you have regular ministers' meetings, and uh, I've seen pictures of standing room-only ministers' meetings for the new ministers. It's wonderful to see uh, the brothers getting into the Word and getting grounded in the Word. But now, just this week, or this past week, I heard that you had a very unusual ministers' meeting that uh, led to some baptisms. Why don't you share how that unfolded and how that came to pass there in Sita, where you're located? Uh, this minister's meeting, we always term it as the Bible study or the message study minister's meeting. Where these new ministers, they come together with us, those who can come. And, you know, always they come in hundreds. Uh, when they come, we sit together and we open up the message books, we study a bit, and then we minister ministers. This helps us to grow, uh, more especially when I have some topics that I can handle and help in them so that they grow spiritually and take the message to their localities. First of all, ministers' meetings are every month. Uh, in every month, we hold them on Thursday, once or twice a month. But these days, uh, we were added on by God's grace. We were added on by new ministers from southern Uganda 
places like Maogola, places like Sembabule, places like Kalungu. Uh, meetings start from on, uh, these meetings now are start, which have been which would start on Thursday because these ones are coming from far some they come from 230 kilometers away from Kampala they cannot reach in time when they come on that very day so they come on the eve of that day and we minister those first uh, and then they go to sleep uh, they sleep around there near the church. Others, they sleep in the church. They like the word. Uh, but uh, when again it comes to leave, these people also, they will not leave on that very day because it will be late. Again, they have to go a day after Thursday. That is a Friday. So the ministers' meetings now are a little bit growing bigger. But yesterday... We had uh, a testimony. There was a minister who came in with the, an Asian believer. This was a, he was a Pentecostal. Uh, you know, when I talk about the Asian believer, I talk about a man coming from India. Uh, you know, in Africa, when they look at a different color, he's a noticeable man. And when he came in, he sat himself and he was like an audible man in the uh, the, the church and looked indifferent as if he is not getting what we are talking about but uh, good enough was hearing English and he could hear what we are talking about so as I had come in this man is saying for himself that he saw the light behind the, pl the platform and he, when he saw the light behind the platform immediately the, he told us and then he, required, he asked for baptism. The meeting had not yet started. I had not yet preached. Only that some people have already discussed. But now I was preparing to preach. Just come in. The man says, let me go for the water and be baptized. And when we said, how many want to be baptized? A number of them, like more than, I think between 30 and 33 people were baptized yesterday. And we didn't baptize them after the service. We baptized them in the middle of the service. They could not wait according to the testimony of the Asian man. And the Asian man was among those that first got into the water and we baptized him. He said though he was brought in by another minister, but he wanted to keep Seta Hugo's church as his church until he grows and he will start to minister like we minister. He, had never, he, had, uh, he has never heard about this message. He gave us a testimony how they worship 33 million gods. And he was coming from a tribe of uh, people that worship a cow. So he says that he's called, their tribe is called Patel. And they don't eat meat. Any flesh, they don't eat any flesh. They are ve vegans. So this man brought in a kind of uh, testimony, a stirring up. And the people loved the Lord. Yesterday they were so much joyous. Uh, this morning, this is Friday, I've been just seeing off those people, bidding them farewell, going to Masaka area. They are traveling a long journey, but gladly they want us to, they want us to maybe to take a meeting also there, at least once a month, to go in Masaka. To me, I consider this as something is not possible now, 
But by the grace of God, it will be possible. May the Lord bless you. That was the testimony of yesterday. A number of ministers were baptized through the testimony of the Asian man. Sometimes it seems like we are saying a lot about Uganda, but really we're not saying near everything that's happening over there. We're always amazed. I'm amazed at what is taking place there, Brother Fred, and it continues on. You know, there is a great burden upon you, from, upon Brother Stephen Abali, upon all the brethren that work with you two brothers in these different outlying areas. And there are many, and there are other areas of Uganda that we don't want to diminish, as well as other countries around the world. But just specifically regarding Uganda, we're thankful that it continues to open up and it continues to unfold, and we want the people to be aware of that. So, Brother Fred, what do you see coming up in the coming months? Do you have plans for more meetings, baptisms, that sort of thing? What is your uh, thoughts concerning the time that lays ahead? Yes, there are many things that we even go through and we don't even talk about them. Uh, but our intention to such little testimonies is that uh, people may know that there are some problems in the, in the ministry where we have a number of pressing needs which we cannot meet by ourselves alone here in Uganda. And uh, if those pressing needs have been uh, supported, we have been supported by some other people on those pressing needs, then the progress of the awakening will be so good. You see, we are much in need of the shelters. Wherever the church breaks, the first thing to ask is where are we going to have a fellowship from? Then the books, message books, especially those translated in our vernaculars. Because different areas now, like uh, those down there, they speak another language. Yet here in Central, we also have another language. Uh, the Bibles, also in vernacular. Here in Uganda, Bibles are very expensive. And the, uh, these days now, we are much taken by the believers in southern Uganda. That is, as you go even to the other part of western Uganda, because on the smiling of western Uganda is where we want also to reach, because there is calls there. Uh, we are organizing meetings to go there to see that we can go and see those people and talk to them, to the different groups of the people. However, they are already uh, organized the baptisms here, but uh, like in Kayunga, there are baptisms there, Ruero, there are baptisms there, Mokono, there are baptisms there, and we cannot sometimes fulfill our pledges to go to baptize those people. Uh, because we do, we have limited resources. But if we get help and a, what I can call it a helping hand, and the people helping in facilitating these meetings, a number of people will come to the message of the hour. That's the only thing I can say. I can say God is that He does not work anywhere in other countries. He's working around the world. But in Uganda here, it is a little bit pressing us due to limited resources. 
May the Lord bless you and may the Lord bless the saints around the world. Thank you in all what you are doing to help the body of Christ. Shalom, saints. As always, Brother Fred, it's wonderful to hear from you. And we always cherish the times we can get you on the podcast. Hearing about the the mighty things that God's doing in your country, in your ministry, amongst the people there. We so appreciate you, appreciate the believers over there, and and we certainly do pray that uh, as we share these things amongst the people, that the burden that we feel, that each and everyone listening to this podcast, will they will feel it also. So God bless you. Thank you for being with us, and may the Lord continue to provide for all of the needs there in Uganda. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the Word of God. This was another episode of the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're interested in more podcasts and more content as it pertains to mission, please go to our website at BibleWay.org, that's BibleWay.org, and subscribe to our newsletter. We will make sure that we send you updates on a weekly basis of the works that the Lord is doing all over the world. Additionally, you can send us an email at info at Bible-Believers.org. That's info at Bible-Believers.org. Once again, we'd like to thank you for your support. This podcast would not be a success without you. Until next time, may God bless you.